It's about time you listen to the Shenmue AM2 podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Shenmue AM2 podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew. And Matt. And we have a very special guest with us uh, for this episode. Uh, you may know him from YouTube. Apparently, he's a Shenmue fan, I might have heard. Uh, Adam Korolek. Hey, yeah. how you doing? Where's the special guest? <laughs> I'm just guest. I'm just, I just show up on everything. Anything Shenmue, I'm like a dog. I'm like, what's that? And I just appear. Um, so chances are, if you're listening to anyone listening to this podcast, probably if they know who we are, they know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, thank you. That's very bold. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty tight knit community. Mm-hmm. Um, but Adam, uh, just kind of give us a little Cole's notes of yourself, I guess. Um, I guess you did it already. I would describe myself as a, a YouTuber. I've been doing this. This is actually my 10th year on YouTube. Um, I've been working on multiple channels over the years, uh, but the one that's very strongly associated with Shenmue is this uh, my channel that's just my name. Um, and I've been doing I was I was a dude out there talking about Shenmue for years, mostly because I wanted people to go and discover this. It was never really my goal to sit there and be like, I'm gonna make Shenmue content. I'm gonna try and revitalize this series or anything like that. It was more like, I love this thing, and I can't help but talk about it. And if anybody would pick it up on that basis, that would be great. But that was kind of as far as it ever went. Um, And then somehow I got tied into being a face of it, which I've never felt was right. It was just like I fell into it. If there's a super fan that deserves the title of uh, Shenmue's ambassador or whatever, that's Ali Novin. It's, It's definitely not me. I just fell into it because I was one of the few Shenmue super fans who decided to put himself in front of a camera and just talk about stuff all the time. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It, uh, I think it definitely helps create awareness. As you, as you mentioned, you've been doing it for 10 years, and I've been watching you probably for the majority of those 10 years. And Thank I you. love seeing that sp- Shenmue content sprinkled mm-hmm. uh, throughout it. I like how in the early days you do like always kind of apologize to your other listeners and be like, sorry, guys, I'm going to do another Shenmue thing. Yeah, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> But do you ha- do you find you have a lot of listeners who aren't into Shenmue? Oh yes, constantly. Because if I like give any other opinion on any other game, whatever it is, I always inevitably get like, well, whatever you like Shenmue, and I never know if that was <laughs> an insult or not. Because uh, yeah, I don't deny it. I love Shenmue, so it's just like it's I'm so known for that. Probably because I was like obsessive in how much I would talk about it. Um, I, I've had many people over the years get send me angry messages like you talk about this game too much. I'm unsubscribing now. I'm just <laughs> like, why is there so much hate? <laughs> like, I, guess, I guess that's where the apology would come. Yeah, from. <laughs> kind of. But like, it was also because you know when you when you make YouTube videos, uh, you recognize what your viewers want and what they don't want, and you get these like subsects. Like I'll have a subsect of viewers who are just there for Shenmue content specifically. So you don't, if you get bleed over from the other videos, there's going to be people who are just, just like you and will watch you regardless. But at the same time, you know, they're not there for that reason. So you feel a little empathetic to maybe they don't care about this particular game. Like if I was watching, you know, some particular channel or something like that all the time. And then this one dude constantly had an obsession with this thing I did not care about. And he just constantly popped it into everything. I might get irritated. So I empathize and that's why I apologize to them. 
Did you do you find that the ratio though of people who are more interested in your other videos compared to Shenmue is kind of flipped in recent years? Like, uh, it- you're asking if more people are interested in Shenmue than they were? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely gone up because of the brand's increased awareness widely, um, specifically because obviously Shenmue 3 and then the, the re-release, but then also all the, uh, frankly, undeserved attention I got from it um, by being tied to it, when it, specifically when it came to the, the re-release and everything. Um, so if there's anything, anything Shenmue related, like people come to me and want to see what my reaction, I've got a lot of people who come to watch anything I do on Shenmue because they know I'm like, I'm about to lose my shit. And so they want to watch that just for like watching a car crash type of thing. Um, So I get that. um, But I would say on average, if it's not like a a big news story or whatever, like I I would say a lot of the people who watch the Shenmue videos aren't actually subscribers of the channel. They're just people who want the news. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So before we go further with Shenmue stuff, Andrew, I want you to look at his avatar on Skype <laughs> and realize that he is a man of class and taste. Thank you, thank just you. Like, just like me. Andrew gives me guff for my Transformers. <laughs> that's a trans... That's... Is that like... I'm, you know who that is. That's Optimus <laughs> fucking Prime. <laughs> we don't swear on this podcast. Optimus Prime! Watch <laughs> <Just> enemy. <laughs> that's my Megatron. Uh, I love it. Are you able to share the... Uh, the the tidbit of trivia about the thing yourself we talked about before yeah 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 um so we were talking about transformers before the show i used to be a super fan of transformers like on the same level of shenmue i was just you know the problem was i was only like 14 but um so uh at one point a couple of years ago the newer transformers shows were being produced by machinima and machinima was my representation um and they actually asked me to audition for metroplex which was really weird because I, I have no professional voiceover work uh, to my name, which would have been nice. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get that. But I, I think as we were talking about, like they were basically approaching a whole bunch of non-union people to try and be in Transformers. And so they went to their immediate YouTube talent pool first. So I was on that list, but I, I unfortunately did not get the role. That's a cool uh, story, though. I'd, I'd love to even just audition. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just cool. And then later, after that happened, I was invited out to their studio in Los Angeles, and we're doing a, a tour there. And we get to this one section, because at that time, again, Machinima was the ones producing Transformers content. And they had this whole section of their office that was completely devoted to Transformers. And, like, my inner 14-year-old was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> so I'm, like, sitting there pointing out. I'm like, yeah, I know who that is. That's when, you know, Rodimus became, or Hot Rod became Rodimus. And, well, so I'm arguing with the guy who's, like, the head of the show. Because he's, like, doing the new continuity. And I'm still stuck in G1 continuity. <laughs> right. It's like, no, no, no. You, this is how you should have tied. Yeah, like, as if the guy wants to hear any of this. And then it's like... Okay, obviously you're like a fan or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I also auditioned for Metroplex. And he's like, oh, sorry, you didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so uh, at, at one point there was a discussion about because they were producing another show later down the road that I could possibly have been in because they were just like, yeah, you're on the talent list. You know, you're obviously a fan. You know the material. You can do voices. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be great if we did that. But unfortunately, shortly after that, Machinima went out of business. So that didn't oh. pan out. But that would have been cool. Before we move back into Shenmue, can you give me a Metroplex? Uh, the thing is, the Metro, I didn't really have a great Metroplex because he's not a character that's really that great to impersonate. What they gave us was this little sheet that was like a, they wanted a slow godlike voice. Right. And I was just like, all right. And I, I don't even remember exactly what I did. It was, um, Windblade. <laughs> Windblade. 
you like are the one like something like you are the one wind blade and i was like i'm not really good at those types like give me the villains i'll do the villains yeah whatever (laughs) that kind of made him sound like some sort of wise old sage yeah exactly see like that's kind of what they wanted but they wanted more of an empowering like all i mean i don't even know what the episode ultimately was i never saw it so i'd like to see it just to be like oh that's how i fucked it up okay that's (laughs) (laughs) That's all right all right let's uh let's hop into some shenmue stuff um i listened to your the episode of the podcast you did on that video game show and i thought your how you discovered Shenmue was very interesting how you played it and didn't like it yes and I'm it got me thinking how many Adam Korlicks were there that played it and didn't like it but never picked it up again well that one I can't attest to I do know there's a bunch of people who did that but did pick it up only because they've told me um, cause I've, I've heard similar responses to that type of story. For those who don't know, can I give the background story to this? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd okay, like to so, hear cause I don't know it. Yeah. All right. When, uh, when Shenmue first came out back in 2000, like it was going to be, that's when I was, uh, you know, you're still relying on video game magazines for information and like what the big games are going to be. So I was kind of following it, but I, I didn't care too much about it. I was still kind of waiting for the next Sonic adventure. And a buddy of mine was like, we got to play this Shenmue thing. This thing is huge. It looks ridiculous. So we went to a blockbuster and we rented it. And this is how dated this story is. And we uh, we went back to my place and we're playing on the Dreamcast. And I was not into this game at all. I found it to be the way a lot of people have reviewed it, which is it's slow paced. It's kind of boring. It doesn't feel like there's much going on. You're kind of just being dragged from thing to thing to thing without really knowing what to do. And then you have a lot of that time stuff where you're just kind of sitting around waiting, which is a weird thing to have in a video game. Mm-hmm. And so I kept being like, I don't like this. Let's go into the arcade. Maybe we'll get a few minutes of entertainment out of that. Like, I was totally not on board. And my friend was, but I was not. And so I didn't care about the game for years. Um, or what? when you're that age, it feels like it's a really long time. Really, it's only like three years later. 2003, I decided to pick the game up again. And that's kind of when I fell in love with it, when I actually played it myself. Which is a problem I've noticed with Shenmue. It's... Despite how big it is, it's not a game that you can really watch other people play unless you already know the game really well. It's a game that you have to play on your own and you have to be alone for you know by yourself with to get that experience out of, to kind of get engrossed in it. Because if there's a bunch of people kind of hanging around with it, you're never really going to get there. That's the way I've kind of noticed Like whenever people try to stream it, or even when I've tried to stream it, you can't... You can't get over that. It's just a very personal experience that has to be done one-on-one. So um, so the question, uh, I believe you said, was like, how many people never did that 2003 thing where they went back to it? I know, based on the feedback I've gotten on my videos, is that a lot of people run into the same problem, where they don't like it at first, they don't find it very interesting, um, and then a lot of them, at least they've told me, have at least retried it based on the fact that I was constantly talking about it. Now, some of which say, I still don't care, and others say, you know what, I'm glad you did that because now I'm actually like a super fan and I get it now. So, but yes, how many people out there never tried it again? That's, you know, who knows? But I would say the majority of them are all the way back in 2000 because that's when it had its best chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think what you're saying is true. I think to really get the most out of it, you need to be completely immersed in it you need to you know put your phone away not that you would have had one back then but and if you try for the first time now put your phone away turn everything else off and just completely try the game give it a shot on its own yeah i find when like i generally watch the shenmue dojo streams 
uh, that happen on Thursdays, I find when Pete's playing them, like people are in the chat are in, like they know what's coming up. Mm. They know the little side stories that you can do at that moment because like they've played it by themselves and they're familiar with it and they get it. I find when you do see someone new in the chat window, they're they're asking questions about like, oh, what's happening? What's what's going on? Where it's you're you're spot on saying it's not a good game to watch being streamed unless you've had that yeah. experience yourself. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's a game that Sega and even fans still have no idea how to really present to people. Yeah. Um, because it's like I said, you can't stream it, so it doesn't even work in the modern video game model is if you want to show the game, you need trailers, you need influencers, you need this content out there. But that game is not designed for short bites. It's not designed for trailers. It's not designed for funny videos. It's designed to just kind of be... You're asking a lot with that game. You're asking someone to give their full attention and just embrace it, which if they do will work in their favor, they'll almost always end up really liking it. But it's a big ask. And uh, I, you, want, you guys want to hear a little behind-the-scenes story that I can tell you? Of course. Okay, so this nah, is... We'll skip. No, we'll <laughs> no, we, we don't care. Let's get on. What, who's your favorite character? No, all right. Um, so, so Shenmue always had a problem when it first came out about how to present it to people. Like, how do you advertise what this game is? And Sega still had that problem when they did the re-release. But we'll, go, we'll focus more on the original version. I was at E3 last year. And I was filming a video with Corey Marshall and Liesl Wilkerson. The idea was that we just walk up to people around the Sega booth and have Corey ask people questions in Rio and see who gets it, who doesn't get it, whatever. Because we were kind of acknowledging that the re-release was coming up. But because we're doing that, there's a lot of attention on Shenmue around us, especially because I'm standing around wearing a Shenmue shirt and we're just filming and stuff, right? So at one point, this, there's like this older guy and he's just staring daggers at me. And he waits until I'm done and he walks over to me and, he's, and he was just like why are you wearing a Shenmue shirt? And I go like, oh, you know, there's a re-release coming up of the first two games, and, you know, we're celebrating it, and we're trying to, you know, get some attention going into the third, and he goes, there's a third? I didn't even know there was a second. And we're like, oh, yeah, no, it came out a while ago. And he's like, oh, that fucking game. That's the exact quote that came out of it, that fucking game. And I was like, all right, this is going to be good. What does he got? And he goes, so I worked at Sega when that game was coming out. I was on the advertising team. That game made no sense to us. We had no idea what to do with it. I remember that we just said, uh, okay, he's got this like hot girlfriend, I guess. Make the commercials about her, which is why you have that weird ad where he's like, Nozomi? Who's Nozomi? That's where that comes from. Because they didn't know how to present it to people. And then he started going on being like, the moment I gave up is when we were in a meeting with Yusan and he was telling us like, there's going to be this thing with flowers and we're like, we're done. Which is why Shenmue, he didn't even know Shenmue 2 came out. He didn't know the whole thing about the flowers is like, you know, the end of Shenmue 2. And it was like, wow. So Sega truly, the Sega of the West, he told us, he told me this like point blank because he hasn't worked there in like 15 years, whatever it was. And he was just like, we had no idea what this game was. We did not care, and we hated it because we knew it was going to flop and it was going to hurt us really badly. And I'm like, that's why it failed because these guys never bothered to figure it out. They never bothered to present it. At least when Sega now did the re-release, they came to the fan base. They came to you know myself personally. They also came to others, and they were trying to truly understand what it was that made that game appeal to all of us. 
and they were trying to get into the heads. And I don't know how much of this I'm allowed to talk about, but I gave them a lot of information on like, here's what I think you should do. Here's what I would do. And some of which they did do. Um, one story in particular I'd love to tell you that I don't think I can. Um, but I will say, uh, did you guys see those uh, Shenmue, um, what is Shenmue videos that Corey voiced over? Yep. Yep. Okay. I, I was very heavily involved in those. Mm. Um, in fact, I got them Corey for that. Oh, nice. um, yeah, like so. There's there's a lot of uh, stuff like that where they were trying to just make sure that they understood what the game was and trying to present it to people. And they still ran into the same challenge, but at least they tried. And that is, ever since I found that out last year, I was just so pissed off because if they if that original marketing team had really embraced it, maybe they could have tried to, and maybe they, we would be in a very different world where Shenmue had actually properly taken off. Yeah, if they had, you know, done their job. <laughs> yeah, so that's now, a little inside story there for you that isn't yeah. NDA. Good. <laughs> but yeah, now and now hopefully the people you were working with are like, they've been... I mean, it's been enough time where people who are actually fans of the game, you know, maybe now they're in the career that they can help uh, promote it, you know, correctly. Yeah. Because, because they know it mm-hmm. from their childhood. Yeah, man. Isn't that weird to think about? Yeah. <laughs> 19 years ago, everybody. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm in my early 30s, early to mid-30s, and this game was, like, it's it's two-thirds of my life, essentially, that had, time has passed, and it just, it seems like so long ago, but it's becoming more and more relevant again because of mm-hmm. the re-releases and, and Shenmue 3. If Shenmue was your kid, you'd be saying bye as they go off to college right now. <laughs> and they would have gone off to college two years ago. <laughs> yeah. No drinking, Shenmue. <laughs> Come home on the weekends, phone your mother. <laughs> um, so well, he can drink in your country, he can't drink in mine. So right. that's, that's still the weird discrepancy, but yeah, he's almost there. Yeah. <laughs> So who's your favorite character? Is it Goro? <laughs> the two characters I cannot stand are Goro and Tom. Let's just put it out there. I hate both of them. A pox on their house. Right. <laughs> I agree with you on on uh, Tom. I don't I don't say I can't stand him, but yeah, I, I don't love him as much as most other people seem to. <laughs> Goro, I think, is just hilarious. <laughs> you were were you there for the end of the dojo stream last week when Pete Campbell actually stopped and asked? He's like. Because he hates Goro. Yeah, and I know. Everyone, I was there. Everyone in the chat's like always making Goro jokes, and he's like, "I just have an honest question: Do you guys really love Goro, or do you guys just do it to annoy me?" <laughs> and it's like fifty-fifty. Like, yeah. you're like, "Oh, I really like Goro." Oh, I like, no, it's just a fuck with you, Pete. I love joke characters. <laughs> he's kind of, he reminds me of Dan Hibiki from Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. I mean, I know you don't know who that is. <laughs> um, what should we have next year? Uh, just the character thing threw me off. <laughs> you had to ask it. <laughs> um, what's your like? What are some highlights from Shenmue? So when you like when you first started, actually, sorry. Before you do that, <laughs> I had a question that was tied into your story. What made you give it a second try? Um. Okay, so at the time, uh, I was a buddy of mine and I were going out to, I think it was New Jersey. And we were going to, my mom was taking myself, I was taking my sister and her friend, taking me and my friend. And we were all going to this like beach house in New Jersey just to like, I think it was for spring break, just like hang out there for a week. 
And he and I were not beach people. We were not really outside people. So we were like, we should play some games. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just decided, okay, we're going to bring a bunch of random games that hopefully are long games that will entertain us because we didn't want a bunch we didn't want to bring like you know 12 games with us it was like why don't we bring like three or four because we're only gone for a week and maybe we can so i think we brought like metal gear solid and we brought shenmue just to grab something larger and uh we ended up playing shenmue through for whatever reason i think it was his idea he was like i always kind of wanted to try this game and i think i remember being like oh, fuck all right all right fine <laughs> and so we were playing it and I don't know. For some reason, it just it it really hit me that second time. And at that point, I had Shenmue 2 as well, the European one. I had picked up at a GameStop. That's the brief time when GameStop was cool. I don't know. Are you guys familiar with that? Like when the yeah. the American version of that wasn't released, GameStop imported a whole bunch of uh, UK copies along with boot disks and just kind of that's how we that got one. ours too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. I don't know why I bought that, but I did, probably because I recognized at the time that that would be odd and that I should just get it. Um, So I did, and for some reason we ended up playing it, and I ended up really loving it. So that was, uh, you can kind of credit that guy, whose name was also Matt, by the way, so there you go. Nice. (laughs) What, like, what aspects of it while you were playing it kind of made it feel special to you? Um, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. I, if I had to guess, I would say that I found the story more engaging than I had remembered on that first outing. I mean, at that age, you know, three years is a major development cycle. You go from like early middle school to like, hey, I'm in high school. So your maturity level changes. And at mm. that point, I think I was more ready for that story rather than just knocking it as like some bad dubbed thing with, you know, gameplay that wasn't explosions. Um, So when you're a little older, it's like, oh, okay, I can appreciate the story it's trying to tell me and how it's telling it and how it unfolds. And I think that that's probably what mostly got me. Cool. I I feel like Shenmue, because it was kind of, I I did consider it back then kind of a weird, different game. And once I played that, it opened me up to different things. Like, I don't think I would have ever picked up Jet Set Radio, excuse me, Jet Set Radio or Jet Grind Radio if I hadn't played Shenmue. Does that... Yeah, yeah, because it it changed your tastes. And I I think I'm... Because I think we're about the same age. It was kind of similar with me. Like, when I was younger, it was like, it had to be platformers, 2D platformers, or I didn't really want that game. So it took a lot. But then Shenmue was like... It showed you the games were changing. Like, you're going to have this open world thing, but then it also showed you all the type of micro games that are in that. You know, not just the arcade stuff, but also, you know, the darts and the racing with the forklifts. Like, it has a little bit of everything. And so when you, it kind of expanded upon your interest in different genres. So then you can, it also excited me, I don't, probably you too, on the potential of that console and what could be done with it. And so you're like, well, everybody says this game is really good and it's on this machine. Maybe somehow that same energy and that same vibe will come through. And so I'm with you on that because it was like the same reason I played Jet Grind Radio. It was like, okay, I'll play it because of how much I liked this thing. It was by similar people. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It, it definitely broadened my horizons. Like, I don't think I ever would have picked up Yakuza if <laughs> I hadn't played Shenmue. Yeah. I'm with you on that. How would you, if we'll hop, we we'll hop in our time machine here. We'll go back to the original Shenmue launch. You're in, in Japan or 2000 and the rest of the world. Uh, we'll say the rest of the world. Just so you're speaking English to someone. <laughs> we'll make it easy on you this time. Arigato gozaimasu. <laughs> Arigato. 
<laughs> um, that's the extent of my Japanese. It's all good. You're correct. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's he's not wrong. Um, you're, technically, you should say doitashimashite because that means you're welcome. But mm-hmm. they never actually do that. Everyone just it's like a thank you off. Everybody just says thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to respond to each other. Yeah. So he technically he was right. <laughs> Domo. <laughs> that was um, <sighs> dental plan. My train of thought is. Off the rails here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're in the time machine. Dental plan. <laughs> I got it. Simpsons ref. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> the, the last episode was chock full of them. Lisa does um, need braces. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Steamed hams. Uh, <laughs> let's, oh, Super um... Nintendo Chalmers. Let's just keep rolling. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I got car sick in your office. <laughs> uh, there's a crayon in my brain pointing to my stomach. All right. Um, so let's hop in the time machine. We're at a GameStop. Um, it's the year 2000. GameStop doesn't exist. Bad time machine. <laughs> <laughs> or what was it? Electronics Funko Boutique. Land, Electronics Boutique. Well, whatever, I get your point. Go for it. <laughs> Andrew, you destroyed the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, let's piece it back together. <laughs> Matt's fading away. <laughs> my whole existence relies on, on the, when GameStop became <laughs> a, a company. Um, so you're in a GameStop. You see someone potentially, you know, pick up a copy of Shenmue, and they're hemming and hawing about it. What would you? How would you sell it to them? Uh, through my current version of myself. Yeah. yeah. All right. I probably would. Oh, for some reason, we're assuming in this scenario, I see someone in a store, and I decide to harass them with information. Is that correct? <laughs> this yeah. is my personality. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> so, just you're not the GameStop or EB. Electronics Boutique, you're not an employee. You're just a random stranger walking up to them. So I'm the guy trying to push product who doesn't work there. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> weird scenario. But um, basically, I, I, if I, if for some reason I was like, I had a head injury and I decided to do this, um, <laughs> I would basically tell them kind of the same thing I've always been telling people for years, which is this game is going to demand your patience. It's not going to be a game you want to sit around with your buddies and drink a beer and play or whatever. It's going to be a game you want to sit there and play by yourself and just give it your all. You might find it at times to be a little slow, a little boring. It's not going to be an instant instant gratification experience. But if you commit yourself to it, if you try to embrace it and just let the world it created surround you, I promise you the payoff will be worth it and you will be super excited on this game. You'll be more excited going into the second one. And by the time you're done with the second one, you will be craving that third one in a near psychotic way. Because that's what happens to everybody who truly embraces that game. I mean, there's a reason the Shenmue fan base is so devout. Because there might not be a ton of us, but every one of us that committed to that ends up in the same place. Which is, where is the next game? I need that shit. We end up thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really happen with a lot of franchises. Mm-hmm. And there's a I'm, reason. I'm just waiting for like someone else... Who needs something to just weaponize the Shenmue community? But like, well, if I want this thing, I'll just get these people to bag for it. <laughs> They're, <laughs> They're insane. <laughs> I remember Kotaku wrote an article on us, like, was in like 2014 about how we were nuts. <laughs> Anybody remember that? No, that's an obscure. Like, you look that up. Kotaku wrote an article about how Shenmue fans were insane because we started tweeting at Shuhei Yoshida all the time about give a save Shenmue or something. Right. Yeah, I remember Is, that. Isn't there a quote from the article on, if, if memory serves me correctly, on Team U's Twitter banner, their, like, banner at the top of their page, there's, like, three quotes of just, like, media companies just shitting on Shenmue about, like, it'll never happen, and I'm pretty sure, there, I think it's from that Kutako article, and then there's, like, two quotes of, like, 
We saved Shenmue mm. 3. <laughs> we got the re-release. <laughs> yep. Pound sand. <laughs> it's just the, the power of a fan base, man. Like, uh, I was saying that for years before we even succeeded in that. was just like, if you can come up with a logical plan to get something like that, rather than just doing echo chambers screaming, you can actually get stuff accomplished. Uh, as long as you have a focused point. I remember making the point back in I did a video in 2013 talking about how we needed to focus all of our efforts on Sony. And I thought that this X, Y, and Z is how this is. If we're going to get Shenmue 3, this is how. Um, I got a lot of shit for it at the time. Fast forward two years later, what I said happened. Because <laughs> like, all you had to do was focus those efforts specifically rather than just constantly bitching at anyone about Shenmue 3. Bitching at Sega was never going to work. I, uh, bitching at Yu Suzuki was never going to work. You yeah. had to find the the economics behind it and you had to come up with a logical plan of how it all could play out and that's what i was trying to do and fortunately it eventually happened i used to i used to love whenever you would drop a video like that before the remake or or before uh shenmue 3 was announced or whatever just you know you're just talking about that stuff you were saying right there about how we should go about things and how things could work and all that and you just go on 20, 30 minute rants about this stuff. And I would. One of them was like 58. It was impressive. <laughs> yeah. I always tie those in. I don't know if you ever played Dragon's Dogma, but you were always on when I was playing Dragon's Dogma. I was just like, I just, I just need to go kill things in Dragon's Dogma. I, I find that I'm good background back. entertainment to put people to sleep. I've been told that one too. So, no. thank you. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no I was just. just my ears were completely locked into you, and then my thumbs were just idly doing stuff. <laughs> no, no, and that's a good plan, because my, my content's not visually interesting, so that's perfect. That's actually what I want. It's like a live, it's like a podcast with some bad video component. <laughs> just on the topic of the video, what part of your apartment is the background? Um, so uh, the, the left side of it is a wall. There's a game tower. Um, I mean, we're, if we're looking frame right, that's a game tower. And then you see a door behind me that's leading into the office, which I'm currently sitting in to record this. And that table is just a table. But is, so is that like your dining room or? It's, it's like the main living room area. Okay. I always wondered. <laughs> well, you know. Now, now we know. <laughs> now you know. The camera is there any other random questions about that frame? I've got uh, a little What's copy the- of Shenmue there. That's signed by Yu Suzuki. Corey Marshall and Masaya Matsukaze. Oh, nice. What's the poster on the door? Uh, that is from a show I worked on called Beer and Board Games. I'm actually a cartoon character in that in that poster in the back. Although you, it's not as obvious to notice me because I didn't have a beard at the time. So the cartoon version of me is just kind of laying his head down with no beard. Oh. Also on the topic of beards, I'm how I'm 30. I'll be 34 on June 28th. Okay. You're, I'm guessing you're early 30s as well? 32. 32? When I look at, see, like, because you've had the beard for a while now. When I look at stuff, like your old stuff where you didn't have the beard, and when I occasionally shave my beard off, we're, we're guys that look age-appropriate with the beard, and mm-hmm. when we don't have it, we look way younger. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh... I'm very pro beard. Uh, I've been, ha- I've actually, I've been shaving since this is not going to believe me, but I promise you it's true. I've been shaving since the fourth grade or grade four in your country. Um, just, you know, just want to make sure nobody's confused. Uh, but yeah, no, I started shaving back then and then it became more regular. And by the time I was in high school, actually about the time I started playing Shenmue and liked it was uh, I just actually had a full beard when I was 16 because I was so pissed off about shaving every day. Um, I rocked that for about a year, and then at one point I decided to shave it off, left it off for 10 years, and then all of a sudden I was like, 
that's when I was making videos and there was a there was a brief phase there where I most of my videos were just like you just saw my hands. You never really saw me. And then I wanted to expand upon that and show my face and stuff. But I did a couple videos where it's like, hey, you can see my face while I'm doing this. And then I realized eh, I'd rather have a beard. So there's this brief window where you get beardless me and he's never coming back. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear those little beeps, but Matt's computer's getting just constant notifications about something. I cannot stop him. On the topic of just the Shenmue community, um, I watched your video, your Shenmue Day video, and... um, August 21st. you, You said something in it that... I thought about it, and I'm like, he's 100% right. And then the more I thought about it and, like, looked at people in the community, you're completely right. You use the word organized. And I'm like, we are very organized. Mm-hmm. Like, just, I have a list here. So, for, me, like, people in the community who create content, there's you who, you kind of do, like, longer-form YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. We have a very organized Shenmue 500k Facebook community that's moderated very well. We have the Shenmue Dojo, um, now run by Pete Campbell. It's his own specific thing of forums. He has his Thursday streams that are very specific. It's generally the same people that are there every week. We have the Phantom Riverstone blog and done by Switch mean? from... Uh, in Japan, he's a good then, dude. Yeah, oh yeah, like and like, he kind of exposed us on his. He did a little thing about we talked about we, what we talked about and how like Fukusan had wedge ears. They all have wedge ears, and <laughs> like it was very specific. But he's doing a very specific blog style website thing. Um, Bloom Yu is doing his very niche things that you might not know about Shenmue to trigger certain events. Um videos we do a podcast um recently there's a i think it's spanish i want to say spanish i don't like i don't want to be wrong here 100 i'm pretty sure it's spanish 100 um, percent. i'm pretty sure <laughs> uh podcast that's come up well he's 100 percent that he's pretty sure yeah, yeah like yeah. So no technically he's not wrong. i can guarantee you that there's no guarantees yeah exactly <laughs> And Adam Scipione doing the like documentary, like full blown documentary about it. Also, like all these people are good. I'm just mentioning the ones I've actually met. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We had Scipione on the podcast and he was awesome to chat with. And he's uh, hooked me up with one of the maps from uh, Yokosuka. But like there isn't a whole lot of overlap between what like stepping on each other's toes type idea like it's everyone's carved out their own niche and there's room for all of it it works and it's very organized whether it's intentional or not it just as a community we're just filling these gaps that it's amazing that so many different people can make so much uh varied content on just two games (laughs) yeah that (laughs) are from like 20 years ago well that was kind of the point i was making before when i said you know, what I was telling people back in like 2013, which is you can't just shout into an echo chamber. You can't just tweet at Sega and bitch at them. We have to coalesce. We have to come with a plan and we have to do it. And that happened organically. I will not take any credit for that. I'm just saying 
I said it needed it, and eventually it happened. And I'm, I, that would have happened with or without me. I want, I want to keep that very clear. And you're right. They're very organized. People are very devoted to that game. And that was the other point I was making is there's a reason. It's because that game is so damn powerful if you embrace it that at the end you can't help but be like, I need to facilitate the third game in any way it is available to me. And if that requires that I have to be part of this community and I have to do this and that, I'm going to do it. And that's what I would tell anyone who's never played the series before is it leads to that kind of mentality. So it must be really good. Um, Hawthorne. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, no worries. That's, yeah, don't worry about that. Um, so we'll hop in the time machine again. We're a few years past Shenmue 2 being released. Shenmue 3 is announced. Well, Xbox or Dreamcast? Uh, Xbox. Okay. Because that's two very different times. <laughs> Shenmue 3 is announced and just kind of fades off. Never officially canceled. Um, but out of nowhere, we just get this. Here's Shenmue Online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, like, your your response right there kind of sums it up, I think. That's that's how I felt about it. I got excited. I was like, I'm still going to play this if I, there's a way for me to possibly do it. But I didn't. it wasn't what I wanted. I'm assuming you kind of have that same feeling. Yeah, I mean, it, it first of all, it never materialized, so it doesn't even really matter. It just left a lot of trailer material for fake Shenmue 3 trailers for years. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's about its legacy there. And the other fact that it's technically not cancelled yet, which is weird. Um, <laughs> but it'll it'll never faci- be facilitated. And I think it was actually supposed to be like a Korean exclusive. I don't even think we were meant to ever get it. Yeah, I think um, uh, So it's... I remember the same thing when I first heard about it. I was kind of like, at the age I was, I'm sure I felt disappointment. You know, it was like why are you working on this instead? If I were to hear that same announcement now, I don't think I would care as much because I would be like, look, this is a game that's meant to exploit a franchise's name for a very specific market that we are not. So this does not really affect or impede what they're doing. Um, so it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, if Ubisoft announces, oh, we're doing an Assassin's Creed, you know, MMORPG for just China. You'd be like, well, that doesn't affect the fact that there's going to be new Assassin's Creed games that are designed for me. They're just using that name to facilitate sales in a completely different market. So I I don't think I would now, as in a 32-year-old looking on it, would really care if they announced something like that. But at the time, you're right. It's like, where's Shenmue 3? Why are you devoting resources to this? That being said, there's another series that uh, gets Asia-exclusive games that... (laughs) means we'll never get any here probably still which is fantasy star online yep that's uh, crying right now uh, <laughs> i really hope that gets a, a revival somehow but it but like we were saying it's got revival you know, it, it's running fine where you know it what i mean <laughs> um like yeah what we were saying about shenmue's just got something special like there's as far as i know it does, like fantasy star online series does not have this kind of a community uh, push behind it to uh, to resurrect it. Correct. And and this is not a knock against Fantasy Star because it's obviously a very beloved franchise and mm. as is the Fantasy, Fantasy Star Online. And that's not to say that they have no organization. Clearly there's people keeping that game alive to still right. play the Dreamcast version. Like, it's there. The problem is it didn't... It, it's, it's... I think that it didn't reach enough people that we're willing to come back to it because at the end of the day, Fantasy Star Online is still just an online game 
And mm-hmm. what pulled us into Shenmue was ultimately its story, not its gameplay. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because of the psychological hooks that are built into us as human beings, we need to feel a story conclude properly. Fantasy Star does not have that. It doesn't have that same hook, um, whereas Shenmue does. And, you know, so th- I think that that's, you know, if I'm getting kind of psych, you know, becoming a little psychologist here, that's probably the reason for it is that we all have this need to see how that story plays out. Yeah. And other games have come since Fantasy Star Online that, you know, fill the same gameplay niche. They just have different aesthetics and that's that's what I like about Fantasy Star Online is its aesthetics and its world that it's set in but for its gameplay you can find nearly identical games out there but for Shenmue like what you're saying about the story is correct people want that that story finished but even its gameplay is unique so I think that's what stuck with a lot of people about Shenmue yeah that, I mean there's a lot of aspects of its gameplay that are but there's also a lot of it that isn't like if you if you mm-hmm. have the desire to just wander around aimlessly in an open world, there's plenty of options for you. Yeah. Um, so a lot of its gameplay mechanics, those needs were satisfied. Not all of them, mm-hmm. um, but a yeah, lot like of them the, were. But like it's the living, a story that the, definitely wasn't. Yeah, like the, there's open worlds, but very few of them have the living world with the NPCs, with the schedules, and all the backstories Agreed. and everything. Yeah. Agreed. I think we're seeing more of it today, too. Um, Twin Peaks is an example where Matt's a member of that community as well where just organized and bagged and pleaded and made it happen Mm -hmm. and I think we're going to see it more with Saga now as well um, as they're bringing Streets of Rage 4 to market and based on their I don't know if you read their last financial report but they're concentrating on existing IPs now as opposed to um, bringing new ones to market Mm. let's just say I've known that for a while (laughs) <laughs> it uh it's 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 refreshing to see that Sega's trying to right this ship, I guess. Yes, uh, Sega is very aware of us um and they're very very interested in fixing their image. I think that's the safe way I can put that. Yeah. Did they ever release any statement on how they thought uh the uh, HD re-releases sold and if they were happy with it and all that? Not that I'm aware of publicly. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to guess and keep this as a guess because I don't actually know this, mm. um, I would assume they're disappointed with the Xbox One version. Yeah. Um, because that... Can I rant about something for a second? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I went, we're jumping a little to Shenmue 3 and how it's not going to be on Xbox One. Um the best chance Shenmue 3 had of getting an Xbox One version was if the re-release of 1 and 2 had done well. But I know based on feedback I got from a lot of people that people were intentionally not picking up the Xbox One version of the re-release because they were boycotting it, which I thought was foolish because the the only shot it had was if it did well. Right. Yeah. It's counterproductive. (laughs) Exactly. You're you're fighting against the thing you want. Um, you're voting against your own interests, essentially. Right. Um, so it's, I'm a little bummed about that because I feel like if the Xbox base had shown up more, uh, you would have actually had a chance at that. We can dive into that maybe later in the whole Shenmue 3 thing and like why it's only X, or it's only on PS4 and PC. But yeah, so the result is the Xbox One version didn't do as well. And I remember seeing it in clearance relatively quickly. 
Uh, whereas the PS4 version, I'm guessing, did a lot better, especially because it came out in all the markets, whereas the Xbox One version only came out in three of them. It only came out in North America, Europe, and Australia, where the PS4 version came out in multiple places like uh, Hong Kong, Japan, South Korea, um, I believe various parts of South America, um, uh, I think India, although I could be wrong about that, whereas the Xbox One version just straight up didn't show up in any of those places. Mm. So PS4 version no doubt did better, but whether or not Sega is satisfied with it, I don't know. Yeah. One last hop in the time machine for this episode. Man, we are fucking up the timeline left and right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just piecing it back together like stuff. The end of Avengers? Yeah. I'm I'm Banner putting this piece back in. Hey, I found an Infinity Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers. Where they're on the rooftop in New York. Mm -hmm. Um let's just spin the dial say it stops us I don't know January 15th 2012 we'll say (laughs) okay Adam Korolik wakes up does Adam Korolik have any hope or actually think Shenmue 3 is going to happen um I would say that at the time I wanted it for sure like everybody else and I never I don't know if I ever believed like it would definitely happen I believed it was possible, as is you know evident about videos I was producing around that time. But at that time, if you ask me as a strategist, the plan would have been to just build more brand awareness, which is basically what I was doing. But you know that's that's taking a shot in the dark. That's just hoping you hit the target from a, a very long distance and hope it works. Eventually, that groundswell through efforts by the pre-existing fan base did get to that point. But if the, the short answer to your question is, no, I did not think it was going to be right around the corner like that. But I didn't ever totally give up hope, which is obvious if, because I kept producing videos to that extent. Yeah, I I never gave up hope. And in my mind, it was always in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. And until they say it isn't. Yeah, yeah and t- until there was a definitive, this is dead... But, like, why would anyone ever say that, right? Mm. There's, It wouldn't make sense to just be like, oh, this thing that we have is never going to happen. Mm. Yeah. The it's, only person that I would have believed say that that's definitely not happening is Yu Suzuki. Yeah. Um, if he had said, no, I'm not interested in working on it, like, that's, that's RIP. It's done at that point because you can't do it without him. He's the yeah. driving force for it. The only other reason, you, uh, the only other thing I might have believed is if for some reason... Because uh, Sega still technically owns the franchise, so they could have stopped this no matter what, but they didn't. But if for some reason their CEO in 2012 was like, no matter what happens, Shenmue will never be made, we won't allow it, even if all funding comes from outside sources, fuck you, we're not doing it. Mm. That would have been believable, but that would have been absurd. There would have been no reason to do that. Right. All right. Yeah, that that completely makes sense. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, we are going to have Adam on our next episode because, as everyone listening has probably figured out yet, we haven't really talked about um, the new era. The new era, yeah. <laughs> the attitude era of, <laughs> of, of Shenmue. <laughs> um, Is that when so, like Sonic got older and he was a Sonic you know, adventure version? He's like, yo, cool! Like, yes. we're, we're getting into that? All right. We're getting is, into yeah. that version of Shenmue. Shen- Shenmue's entering its edgy teenager yeah, phase. Yeah, we're getting into the edgy <laughs> <laughs> Shenmue. 
Yeah, Rio's going to show up. By the way, all that trailer stuff's fake. He's, uh, you know, I've been working with him, and I'm going to have him wear, like, modern outfits, you know, just, and I, I want to make sure that Rio runs around with a gun so that we can appeal to those gamers. Uh, oh, yeah. Online only, by the way. Uh, yep. So, you just be excited. We're, we're making positive changes. <laughs> <laughs> loot boxes galore. <laughs> oh, loot boxes, nothing but DLC. That disc is blank. <laughs> what would be in a what would be in a let's hold on we need to back this up what's in a Shenmue loot box what could you possibly get well, I mean, uh, you have to buy his jacket <laughs> doesn't have that um, and really you just buy the jacket over and over again everything you like about Shenmue is in that loot box so go buy it <laughs> it's great <laughs> Rio's uh, walking around in his underwear until you buy him. him yeah. When you start the game, it's just a, a pixelated, you know, like wire frame of the thing. <laughs> yeah, theoretically, is Rio and a white background. And then there's options to buy loot boxes. And every time you purchase one, some sort of visual asset appears. Oh, look, the street. <laughs> you unlocked Bob's Pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you go in, you haven't unlocked Bob yet. <laughs> just the pizza. <laughs> That'll cost $5.99. <laughs> All right. Um, so we want to thank Adam for being on. Um, where can people Where can people find you, Adam? Uh, just look at my name on anything. Adam Korlick, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the social crap. Just my same name. All right. And we can be found YouTube.com slash Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, Shenmue AM2 Podcast at gmail.com for anyone that wants to send us feedback. Um, yeah, so that's it for this episode. We'd like to thank our sponsor this week, Global Travel Agency. I'd like to get a boat ticket. Uh, no, we don't do boats. You know Japan's an island, right? 